What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast production. I'm Rob Stats Carrera here flying solo today. Vicious at a conference, so he says. Uh, so I'm not really sure what that means, but it'll just be here, me, today. But little wrinkle on this show. I'm going to tweet out in about two minutes. I'm going to tweet out the invite link. So anybody that wants to literally come on the show with me, ask a question, make a comment. Uh, we're going to do that on today's show. Kind of a different little wrinkle, little interactive type of thing. Of course, we welcome your questions and your comments all show long. Before we get started, just want to remind everybody, please smash that like button. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash fire, And of course, follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I always say, if you take the time to leave a review, I will take the time to read it on the show. This one comes from Nick4983, who says... Rob, there are times where I just want to punt the football at your head and others where I want to raise you up like Rudy. And that's what makes your network the best in 49er land. It says a lot that Rob was able to assemble most of the previous hosts in the new network. Thank you very much, Nick4983. Do appreciate the five-star review and please, please keep those coming. Kurt the Chameleon says, hey, Stats, how's it going? Do you agree that offense wins championships now? I still think a dominant defense is the way to go. But then again, Mahomes just beat a good defense again. Ha ha. Yeah, Kurt, that um, that is a great comment to start us off here on the show because it it leads into what I'm eventually going to get into. But my question is, it's about it's a great quarterback, man. It's great quarterback. And now more than ever, I think not just a great quarterback, though, great, great game management. Game management by a coach, I think, is more important than ever, especially in big games, in big playoff games. I think we saw it in the Super Bowl. The Eagles botched the game management in the fourth quarter at the end of the game. The Chiefs did not, and the Chiefs have Mahomes, and so the Chiefs won. Okay, big week coming up for the 49ers this week. It's the biggest week of the season, frankly, because Brock Purdy's going to have surgery in two days. Wednesday is the Brock Purdy surgery, and that is going to determine the entire rest of the season for the 49ers. So I know that people think it's the offseason. There's not that much to talk about. This is a huge week for us as 49er fans. Massive, massive, massive. Because if Brock has the six-month surgery, just the repair, and he can come back in six months and, you know, ramp up his throwing after three months and be ready to go for training camp, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the starter, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the Niners are going to roll with him and, and see whether, you know, these seven games was, was the real deal or was a mirage or whatever the case may be. But there's two other options for Brock, and both of those involve at least nine months of rest and rehab. And if it's one of those, then all hell breaks loose, honestly. Like, that changes what the Niners do at the quarterback position. It could change their draft strategy because they may be looking to potentially draft another quarterback. We don't know. A lot of things are going to change based on what happens Wednesday. Uh, Iban watching says Grant Cohn is number one. You're top five though. Gee, thanks. Uh, appreciate that. Rob D says if game management wins championships, we are screwed. Well, yeah, Kyle could stand to improve there, but, Getting back to the quarterback discussion, Wednesday, Brock Purdy, surgery. It's interesting. We've got the surgery coming up Wednesday, and then the week after that is the combine. The combine starts a week from tomorrow, and 
normally, I don't know if this is the case this year, but usually the head coach and the general manager speak at the combine. Now, remember, last year, Kyle Shanahan didn't go to the combine because he was doing, quote unquote, scheme work with the coaches. There were so many coaching changes. Kyle literally had to teach them the scheme during the combine. So he didn't go. Last year was just John Lynch. (laughs) And remember, all hell broke loose at the combine last year because that's when we found out that Jimmy Garoppolo announced he was going to have surgery basically, you know, scuttled the trade to the Washington commanders. So stuff happens. And this year is going to be especially interesting because Brock's going to have the surgery this week. Next week, we'll hear from Shanahan and or Lynch, one of those two, at least John Lynch, I would imagine. And we'll get details on that. Now, what I have said is if it's the six month surgery for Brock, he's going to, we'll find out about it from the 49ers. There'll be a press release that says, boom, successful surgery Brock's going to heal up and he's going to be back in six months it's it's going to be you know singing the praises all that stuff if it's not the six month surgery we'll find out about it from somebody else from Schefter from Tom Palacero from who knows Aaron Wilson Mike Florio whoever whatever insider is going to tweet it out the 49ers are not going to be uh, in a rush to put out the news that Brock might be out for 9 10 11 12 months So that's how that's going to turn out here. What is this comment from Patrick? We'll know before the end of the combine. Of course, surgery will be a success. It always is. That's true. But if the Tommy John will know, right? By the combine, we'll definitely know. I think we're going to know Wednesday. I don't know what time the surgery is scheduled for on Wednesday. If it's early in the morning, if it's later in the day, if it's early in the morning, I bet you will know by Wednesday afternoon, certainly by Wednesday night. That news is going to get out. Uh, especially, like I said, if it's the six-month news, we'll know right away because the Niners are going to want to get that out there. Uh, and that changes, you know, the whole combine too, right? Let's say it's the six-month. They go to the combine. John Lynch can sit down, you know. <clears throat> Brock had successful surgery, and uh, he'll be back in six months, and I'm going to leave the quarterback decision up to Kyle Shanahan, but Brock was sure great when he was in there, and we still believe in Trey. That'll be exactly what John Lynch says if it's the six-month surgery. If it's not the six-month surgery, then it's going to be, well, you know, we had to do what was best for Brock. We still love Brock, and we want him to get healthy and get strong and come back as soon as possible. But we really believe in Trey Lance, too. We traded up three first-round picks to get Trey Lance, and, you know, he's got to prove he can stay healthy, but we believe in him, and he's going to show everybody. That's that's how everything changes for the 49ers based on what happens Wednesday. Let's get to this comment here from Roy. Oh, man. Roy Dayon Beats. Sorry if I'm butchering that name. When Matt Mayoko says he won't be surprised if the locker room is unhappy if Purdy's not starting, does he mean Kittle, Juice, Bosa, CMC? Okay, so this is – let's get to this a little bit. I think, yes, he means Kittle, uh, Juice, Bosa. Yeah, I probably would agree with your list there. I don't know if if you all saw this. There are videos that are on social media of Kyle Shanahan vacationing in Cabo, and Trent Williams is there. Christian McCaffrey's there. Uh, Juice, I heard, is there. I don't know who else, other players. There's probably other players that are there. And I don't know. Doesn't that seem a little weird to, to people? Like, it seems weird to me. I don't know a lot of players that vacation with their head coach in the offseason. And on the one hand, like, it's really cool. Uh, because it shows that they like each other, they have a good relationship, you know, that uh, 
that there's no, you know, friction there. And that's cool. But on the other hand, like, are they a little too chummy? Is it a little, I don't know. It's just strange. I don't remember seeing Tom Brady vacationing with Bill Belichick or Dan Marino vacationing with Don Shula or geez, that was a topical reference by me. That was the first one I went to. Uh, you know, I just, I don't remember seeing that. And I don't know. It just, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I, I'm, I could see both sides of it. Okay. Let me just throw a topic bar up there because here's the thing on the one hand, like, yeah, it's great. Players are great. But on the other hand, doesn't there need to be like a division there? Like, Hey, I'm the head coach. I'm here. You're the players. You're here. And yeah, we could have a good relationship and I could want to be cool with you, but I don't know. I almost feel like you don't want them. You're not peers, you know, I'm the boss. I'm the head coach. I'm the CEO. The buck stops with me. You're the players. Doesn't there need to be some kind of barrier there? I don't know if that's a good word. And maybe I'm just like, I don't know, old school, whatever, but I guess it's not a big deal if I was not letting it impact other decisions, right? But when I hear, you know, like all these rumors of, oh, there was a meeting with Trey Lance or with Kyle Shanahan where the veteran players came to Kyle Shanahan and said, we don't want Trey Lance in there on these, you know, gadget plays in the red zone because you're undermining Jimmy Garoppolo's leadership. Like, does he give that too much weight because he's like so involved and friends with these people? Like, you can't be friends with your players. You can't be friends with your employees. And I know that sounds callous and cold, but if you're going to win the way the 49ers want to win, I think everybody's got to have their role, you know? I don't know. And maybe I'm making too much of that. I'm, I'm not like all in on that stance. I go back and forth. It depends on the day, like I said. But today, right now, as I'm feeling, I'm just wondering if I'm the only one that thinks, though. If, if you agree, great. If you don't agree, great. Like, I'm willing to be convinced either way. Um, so let me know what you think. Another comment here. Rob D says, who invited who? I don't know. I know that Shanahan always goes to Cabo, and so, like, if Cabo is a destination, if players want to go there and they know when he's going, you know, it might not be like we're literally all buying tickets on the same plane. It might be like, hey, I'm also going to Cabo. Let's hang out for a day and then I'll go do my own thing. You go do your own thing. That's the other thing, too. Right. It's not necessarily like they're hanging out all the time. That's why I'm not like full bore on this opinion. That's why I'm willing to be convinced either way. Uh, Alberto Soto says, bro, it's a family. I vacation with my family all the time. I see nothing wrong with that. You sound crazy, bro. But they're not family, Alberto. They're not family. It's a coach and it's players. It's a boss and it's employees. Like, that's the thing. I know like every company loves to say like, oh, we're a family here. You're not really a family, right? Family is someone you drop everything. You drive through a hailstorm to take somebody to the hospital or whatever. Like, those are the things you do for family. Those are not the things you do for employees. Now, it's a little different because it's a football team, and I get that, but I don't know. Again, I'm willing to be convinced. I just I, – I'm surprised other people aren't bringing it up is all I'm saying. Patrick says 100%. It's like a parent wanting to be a friend with their child. 
you're a parent, not a friend. Same with the boss employee. They can have fun, but the whole trip. Yeah. And I don't know. Again, I don't know that it's the whole trip. Right. We're seeing snippets on social media. Who knows? It could be them just getting together for a meal. So I don't want to say that it's the whole trip. I don't know that. But I do like your analogy there. When you are a parent, you can't be friends with your kid. You can be friendly. You could have fun. Doesn't mean you can't have fun and do all that stuff. But you are not their friend. You are their parent. And there is a difference. And it's just like players and coaches. You can be friendly. You can talk about stuff other than football, of course, all that stuff. And you can have personal relationships with people. But I don't know. I, again, I'm not taking a hard stance here. I'm just throwing it out there. And if you want to say I'm an idiot, I'm willing to I'm willing to be convinced that I am, in fact, an idiot. Uh, let me know. Please keep your uh, questions and your comments coming, by the way. So uh, getting back to the quarterback thing, we will know. Um, Trey Lance, I know, gave an interview. I think it was Friday of last week. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting conversation it was with uh, Quincy Avery who was his former quarterback coach he said a bunch of things in the interview Trey Lance said last year was the hardest year of his life he said that the second ankle surgery was absolutely a setback he called it the darkest time of this offseason because he had been rehabbing he said he had been doing a lot of the exercises and stuff and it had been going well but some of the cutting stuff, some of the full-out sprinting, some of the one-legged stuff. He just couldn't do the way he was supposed to, pain-free and the way he wanted to and the way he used to do. And eventually, it got to the point where he kind of had to just, you know, accept, for lack of a better term, that he needed the other surgery. And he said it, it got dark, you know, because you're working hard, right? Like, you have the surgery then you're breaking your ass to try and come back. You're rehabbing every day and it hurts. It's painful. You're watching all your other teammates go out there. Holy crap. You just traded for Christian McCaffrey. Everybody's kicking butt. You want to be a part of it and you're doing everything you can to get back. And then you just hit this wall, right? And you just can't get past it. And I imagine that it's depressing. I totally get why you would need a mental health coach. And Trey said he needed it and it helped a lot. And it helped him get in the right frame of mind and, and sort of he had to break it down day by day and write the goals for each day so that he could accomplish and feel like, you know, that he was working towards something so that he could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so that's very, very difficult. And I get that for Trey Lance, but I thought it was interesting that he did admit that this was not like, oh, you know, this is no big deal. The surgery we're in, we're at like, no, no, no. It was not the plan. As I said when it first was announced in December, it was not part of the plan. It is a big deal. It did delay the timeline. And clearly, Trey confirmed all that in the interview on Friday. Valerie watching. I just want to see what we have in Trey. Yeah, we all do, Valerie. We all do. Been waiting since 2021 to unwrap that present. And hopefully, we'll get to see a little bit more of it, uh, you know, in training camp and OTAs because he's going to be the only one healthy. But what else did Trey say in the interview? He talked about, oh, he confirmed the arm fatigue thing. He said going into last offseason, he had arm fatigue flat out because he was preparing for, he was trying to stay in shape after COVID, playing in college. He was preparing for the NFL draft, throwing three days a week. Basically, he said for 20, pretty much 20 straight months, maybe had a week off in there, maybe. But uh, he said he flat out had arm fatigue. 
I thought that was interesting. You know, there are there's stuff that comes out in the off season where I know a lot of people like to say, oh, this is bogus. You're just going for clicks. It's not true. Blah, blah, blah. And then when it gets confirmed, when it comes out later, when people feel safe and they start talking about it and it gets confirmed, nobody says anything. I didn't get anybody in my mentions apologizing for coming for me when I when I said that that was a real curious thing to hear about a 22 year old kid. Nobody apologizes to Mike Silver. Nobody apologizes to Colin Cowherd. And I rip Colin as much as anybody. But they was right. They were right about this. And that's okay to say. Full White's watching on YouTube. Rob, is it fair to be very critical towards Trey if he struggles this upcoming year, considering this will be his first full season if he stays healthy? <sighs> okay. I think it's a little different. If you're criticizing Trey because of his play on the field, I don't think anybody's above criticism. I think you can criticize anybody's play on the field. Um, I do think that I'm going to be a little less critical of him because he has thrown so few passes. There was, I think Peter King had a thing in his Monday morning quarterback. Let me see if I can pull it up really quickly because I took a screenshot of it. Yes, here we go. Trey Lance last played a high school football game in Minnesota in 2017. Since then, he has started 17 games in college, threw 318 passes, started four games in the NFL, and thrown 102 passes. Since 2017. So you're talking about 420 passes since 2017. That is so few that, yeah, I'm going to be slightly less critical of him because he just flat out needs reps. Now, the problem is, as we know, the rest of the team is not in the we just need reps phase. The rest of the team is in the we just need a Super Bowl phase. So that's going to be the kind of tug of war that Trey's going to have to go through, that the 49ers are going to have to go through. And we still don't know if that's a game they're willing to play. They haven't been so far. And we'll find out if they're true to their word and they don't go after a veteran quarterback, they're going to have to play that game because there's not going to be any other options. John B says Trey needs at least one full year as a starter in the NFL before he can be fully evaluated. At least, at least John, I say two years. That's why people have called me a Brock Purdy hater because I have said, I'm not willing to say he's the guy at all by any stretch of the imagination. He's played too few games. We don't know. We just don't know. If you looked at Baker Mayfield's rookie season, he set the rookie record for touchdown passes Baker did when he got in there. And he didn't even uh, start for a full year, and he still set the record. How do you feel about Baker Mayfield right now? Differently than you would have felt after that season, right? Because it takes time. It takes time for these guys to play. We don't know how defenses are going to adjust. We don't know how then Trey is going, or Brock, either one, is going to adjust to the adjustments that the defense makes to them. So that's why I say it takes two years before I'm willing to say, for sure, we got a guy. Now, by the same token, I will also say it doesn't take two years to say we don't have a guy. If a guy stinks, they stink. I think that's different. I think there's a difference between, hey, this guy just can't do it, and waiting to say, okay, we got a franchise guy. And by the way, no, I don't think four starts is enough starts to say this guy just can't do it before people come in the comments and jump down my throat. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Uh, Daniel Goheen says, here's a question. How good would Mahomes look if you just got a, if you got a just, okay, let's see if I can read this. Here's a question. How good would Mahomes look if you got a just subpar offensive line? I think that's your question. To me, Mahomes looked pretty good with a crap offensive line in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. It wasn't his fault that the, the receivers weren't catching the passes. He was throwing them. It was hitting guys right in the helmet. So that's the other thing, though. We got to get out of this um, compare everybody to Patrick Mahomes habit that we're in. Mahomes is a unicorn. He's a freak. He's one of one. Comparing anybody to Mahomes is not fair to that other person. It's just not. It's like saying, oh, if you don't win three Super Bowls in your first four years, you're, you're terrible. Like, that's crazy. That that standard is not realistic. So I hope we stop. I hope we, you know, just slow down with the quarterback. Slow down with Mahomes. Slow, uh, slow down with Purdy. Slow down with Lance. Let's just wait and see. I know that Tim Kawakami said the job is 90% waiting for, for Brock Purdy. Of course, that was, you know, before his elbow just blew up in the NFC title game. But let's slow down. We don't have to make any grand announcements. We don't. Just let it play out. Even though I say that knowing we're going to do it every single week after every game, regardless of who starts. Um, That's just sort of how we roll. In addition to the quarterback stuff, and look, we can talk about that. Uh, Again, if you want to hop in, I'm all for it. I love the questions. I love the comments. I'm always willing to talk quarterback stuff but there is some other stuff that we can get into um beyond that the fifth year option window is going to open and the Niners have two guys that are eligible one Javon Kinlaw one Brandon Ayuk I think it's pretty clear by now Brandon Ayuk gonna get his fifth year option picked up he was the best receiver on the team last year played great out of the doghouse all that stuff right Almost never came off the field. He's getting his option picked up. Sorry, I keep coughing. I'm uh, fighting off something. The other question for the 49ers is Javon Kinlaw. And, you know, he just hasn't been able to live up to the draft stock. Um, He played four games last year or six games last year, four games the year before. He just can't stay on the field. And it's frustrating because I think there was potential with Javon Kinlaw, but we just never got to see it. And I don't know if you can wait again if you're the 49ers. I just, can you really bank on that for two more years? Because he's going to play this year regardless. And then the fifth-year option would be 2024. I don't think you can. Um. You know, all this talk about, all oh, the 49ers are in win-now mode. Win-now mode, you can't play Trey Lance because they're ready to win the Super Bowl. Well, that applies to other positions as well, right? You can't wait again for Javon Kinlaw's knee to maybe get healthy for maybe one year. I think you got to cut ties. I really do. And I know that that stinks um, because, you know, everybody knows they traded, they traded DeForest Buckner and all that stuff. But you can't throw good money after bad. And... I think it's pretty clear right now that Kinlaw is unreliable, right? Whether you want to say he's good, he's bad, we don't know. You can't rely on him to be in the game. And if you can't find out if somebody's good or bad, you also can't keep kicking the can down the road. At some point, you have to just decide enough is enough. That time came for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to come for Trey Lance if he can't stay healthy this year. And to me, I think 
it's come for Javon Kinlaw now. I really do. And it stinks because I don't have anything against Javon Kinlaw, but it didn't work. And that's okay. Not every first-round pick works, of course, as we all know. And they'll get an opportunity to draft somebody. I would not be surprised at all if uh, they draft some more interior defensive line help. Kalia Davis is going to... uh, Kalia Davis is going to be healthy next year. Somebody the Niners drafted last year. So I think Javon Kinlaw's time. He'll play out the contract in 2023. You got to look at it like the icing on the cake, right? Whatever you get from Javon Kinlaw is a bonus at this point. Michael McCall, thank you very much for the super chat. Thanks for all the great content during the season. Question, cap space is tight, draft picks rare. Where would you be willing to lose a player if it meant improving the offensive line? It's a good question. Uh, I think you're going to see some restructures, Michael. There are a few candidates. Fred Warner doesn't have any guaranteed money left in his deal. Christian McCaffrey doesn't have any guaranteed money left in his deal. Trent Williams has guaranteed money in 2023, but then none after that. So I think you're going to see the Niners restructure some people. That'll help clear up some cap space. They usually don't do that, but The downside of a restructure is you kick the cap hit down the road and then you essentially can't get rid of that player because you have all this money invested in him. But the Niners are not getting rid of Fred Warner anytime soon. They're not getting rid of Christian McCaffrey anytime soon. They're not going to get rid of Trent Williams anytime soon. So I think they feel a little more comfortable doing the restructures with those guys because they'll be comfortable paying them years down the road. And that should free up some cap room. Now, it's still going to be tight this offseason for sure. And that's part of the reason, by the way, They don't want to pursue a veteran quarterback because it's expensive and they want to use that cap room for other stuff. Uh, M. Patel, you're right. Eric Armstead. Oh, wait, he isn't a candidate because they already restructured. Yes, that's correct. Um, They could restructure him again, but I I doubt that they do that. Zero sacks for Eric Armstead in the regular season. Um, And, you know, let's let's talk about the defensive line for a little bit. Outside of Bosa, it's got to get better. It has to improve. It's not as good as you think. Not that it's bad, but it does need to improve a little bit. And I don't know if you've been reading. Matt Barrows and David Lombardi have been doing an awesome breakdown. They do it every year. They go through like every position group on the Niners in the athletic. And they have a ton of just like really interesting nuggets in there. And one of the things they talked about when they talked about the pass rush and the defensive line is, it got worse in 2022. In 2021, they were fifth in sack rate and eighth in pressure rate. Last year, they were 16th in sack rate and 13th in pressure rate. So they went from a top 10 team at pressuring the passer to middle of the pack. Let's be honest. 16th is literally smack dab in the middle. That's average. And think about how much of that is from Nick Bosa, right? If it didn't come from Bosa, where would they be? So they really have to get better around both of this. That means that in the middle at defensive tackle where Javon Kinlaw is, but also across from Bosa, you got to have somebody that can get more than five sacks across from Nick Bosa. You have to absolutely have to. And maybe they do. Maybe it's Drake Jackson. We don't know. I think Drake Jackson had a fine rookie year, uh, but clearly he's got to build his body up. I think now, you know, he, He'll have a full off season. He'll know the expectations of the Niners. He'll know the expectations of just the NFL and what, what that demands on your body. So he could make a leap in year two, and that would be a massive, massive help. But even if he does, I still think you need more. 
The defense is set up and structured to where everything comes from the front. You don't have to have studs in the secondary if you can get the pressure up front. The Niners primarily did that in 2021. They didn't do that as well last year. That's somewhere where they are going to improve. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch really do believe in building the team from the line of scrimmage out. So on defense, of course, that means defensive line, defensive front. And so they're going to invest there, I think. Uh, and Patel again says, Justin Houston. I know that's somebody that Levin Black, my co-host on Thursdays, has brought up. That's, you know, pretty much just a pass rusher, pass rusher only type of player. But there's a role for that on this team. I don't think you can just totally rule it out. I don't know what Justin Houston would be able to, you know, take a little little less on the salary to come here. I'm not sure, but it's definitely an option. Full White says, I believe in Drake Jackson, as do I. I think he'll be fine. Um, and I hope he is. You know, he was somebody that uh, at USC, they made him change his weight a lot. They moved his position around. Now I think with the Niners, he's got a little more stability, like I said. Basically, he knows what his role is. He knows what the Niners want out of him, and he could just focus on that. I had a list. Let me see if I can pull it up. Just off the top of, not off the top of my head, but I had a list. Here it is. Some of the edge-rushing free agents. Marcus Davenport from New Orleans. Kyle Van Noy. Amenahu is, of course, a free agent that they'll have to re-sign. Yannick Ngankwe is someone that I would definitely take a look at if I were the Niners. Again, I don't know the salary cap situation. He's probably going to have a market because he's a good player. But having him as your second best pass rusher is massive. You know, that's sort of the the luxury of having Nick Bosa is you don't need a guy you have to necessarily demand 15 sacks from. That's what Bosa's for. Unique Ngankwe against the other team's best pass protector at this point in his career. Maybe that's not a matchup you don't love. Unique Ngankwe against the second best pass protector on a team is a whole different thing. So we'll see what the 49ers decide to do at pass rusher. Uh, Nick Ellert says Marcus Davenport is interesting. I don't know that he's going to be willing to take less at this point. I think you're going to have to get a guy that's willing to take a little less. I don't think you're going to get a guy like in his prime because he's going to want to cash in and rightfully so. I'm getting a random text message from my wife. Ugh. Sorry, I'm going to might have to cut the show a little bit short, uh, but the pass rush is something that they're going to have to improve. Absolutely. Um, I mentioned the, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention at the combine, we got to find out about the coaching staff. There's still some positions that are open. We don't know who the secondary coach is. Corey Unlund's contract was about to expire. We don't know what um, the newest Kubiak's position is going to be. We think it's going to be passing game coordinator to replace Bobby Sloak, but we don't know. Um It's probably not a huge deal, but I would like to know. <laughs> I would like to know who the coaching staff is. Are there any other uh, changes that are made? I had the stat here. Let's see if I can pull it up. The 49ers have had a massive turnover on their coaching staff. I think it's 27 either new coaches or coaches in new positions over the last two years. There it is. Like I said, Kyle skipped the combine last year to teach the coaches the scheme. So 
at the combine this year, I would like to know, is everything finalized? What are we doing here? I want to know who's in place. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do Brian Greasy's duties change a little bit? He got a lot of credit last year from all the quarterbacks, really. Are they changing, expanding his duties in any way? Is he going to have – how big a hand does he have in the offense? Is it going to get bigger this year? We don't know. So that's the other thing I want to know at the combine from the coaches. <laughs> Nick Eller, combine watch, third tight ends. It's too soon, Nick. It's too soon for that. Come on now. Um, so that's what I'm looking for over these next two weeks. I'm looking for Brandon Ayuk's fifth-year option to get picked up. Obviously, the Brock Purdy surgery is the biggest thing. We'll know there. And I want to know about the coaching staff. Those are the things to watch. We'll get the normal combine news, you know, risers, fallers, all the, they'll run the 40 and everybody will freak out. Oh my God, it's so great. Like, remember, was it last year or two years ago where they ran the 40 and all the times were super fast? And then they were like, well, actually, turns out they weren't as fast. We'll find that out. You know, the combine's a weird thing. I've covered multiple combines when I was there for Pro Football Talk Live for NBC with Florio and Chris Sims. Stuff happens at the combine. Even groundwork gets laid for deals that happen later in the year because you've got all the GMs pretty much are there. And there's nothing to do in Indianapolis at the combine except go to the combine and go out to eat afterwards. There's like three different steakhouses that everybody in the league goes to. And they all just order a ton of food and get drinks and talk to one another. So stuff, groundwork gets laid for deals. Rumors come out because everybody's talking to everybody. You can go to the combine. I've said this. You can just go to Indianapolis, sit in St. Elmo's Steakhouse, Roots Chris Steakhouse, a couple others that are there, and just sit at the bar and just listen. And you will overhear conversations between scouts conversations between coaches, conversations between GMs. You're going to hear some stuff in Indianapolis because that's just how it goes. So stuff is going to be coming out. I know that people think it's the offseason. There's nothing to talk about. There's going to be plenty coming out of Indianapolis. Trust me. So we will be there for you. Obviously, I won't be there this year. Don't have a job. Got to worry about that first. But uh, there will be plenty of news, and we will be here with you breaking it all down, believe me. And I look forward to it. Please hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. When everything happens, we will have videos for you and podcasts, of course. Levin and I are probably going to go live on Wednesday as soon as we hear the Brock Purdy news. Because like I said, that's going to change everything. So I'm sure we'll do a live show uh, as fast as we can once that gets going. That'll also be available uh, in a podcast. So perfect time to follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I am so, so grateful for everybody's support. And last thing, by the way, if you happen to be someone, a company perhaps, or know someone that has a company that uh, would like to sponsor the show, we're open for business, basically, is all I'm going to say. I'd love to keep this as independent as possible rather than join up with uh, somebody. So if we can do it on our own, we would love to. But in order to do that, we're going to need sponsors. So if you happen to know anybody looking to sponsor a podcast, we did have almost 3 million downloads last year, up from 1.3 million the year before that. Not saying, just saying, sort of building an audience here. So feel free to reach out. My email is in my Twitter profile. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate the show. Really appreciate all your support. As always, you are the best. We will be with you all week, especially on Wednesday, when we find out about Mr. Brock Burton.